Welcome back to the Intentional Pursuit from Vestavia Hill City Schools. I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Hey, it's great to be back with you again. Um, This is part two of a a two-part series with our district elementary and secondary teachers of the year. Uh, Brooke, I I really enjoyed our conversation with Heather Hurt, a fifth grade teacher over at Vestavia Hills Elementary East and our elementary teacher of the year this year. Uh, she had such great things to share from her classroom. She calls Hertz Hikers and uh, just talking about getting them ready for the, the t- to take their next steps into middle school. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with her and hearing more about how she designs her classroom experience for her fifth graders. So that was a great conversation. So as we prepare to speak with Jarrell Horton today, I want to go back and talk about the process that we used to determine our elementary and secondary teachers of the year. So Jarrell is our secondary teacher of the year. And as I mentioned in our last episode, we go through a process where each school submits their school's teacher of the year. From there, our district chooses our elementary and secondary teachers of the year based on an application. And then from there, the team reviews their resumes and applications, and ultimately chooses the best candidate to send on to the state competition. So we are still in the the waiting process to see how our candidates will do at the state level. Jarrell Horton is the director of bands at Vestavia Hills High School. It's a position he's held since 2006. He is a national board certified teacher in instrumental music, uh, where he also has a highly qualified distinction. Um, he is uh, currently the District 4 Chairman of the Alabama Bandmasters Association and, and will serve next year as a leadership clinician for the Tournament of Roses Honor Band of America in Pasadena, California. And on top of all that, he's also Minister of Music at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Bibb County, Alabama. Jarrell, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this today. Jarrell, we are so excited to have you. I have to say I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. So um, we're just thrilled that you're with us today. So we're going to start really just want our listeners to get to know you better and know a little bit more about your classroom and what that experience is like. But I read something recently where you said that you initially wanted to be a general surgeon. And so I'm just curious, I'd like to know a little bit more about your story, how you went from wanting to be a general surgeon to becoming a music educator. That's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by how things work. And I think uh, I've always been fascinated by how, how the body works. So um, I think that was initially what kind of um, was drawing me towards being a, a general surgeon. And, uh, and then I found music when, uh, I mean, I've always sang and everything like that, but I didn't play an instrument until uh, my parents had a deal with me. Um, I, have, I have six other brothers and sisters, so I'm number seven. And I wanted to join band and uh, my parents weren't in a position where they could actually afford to get an instrument. So they wanted to make sure I was really gonna be invested in this music thing before we kind of jumped into it. So uh, they made a deal with me. So the summer between my uh, sixth and seventh grade year, they they said if I would commit to one year of playing the piano, then they would allow me to join band. So I started taking a piano lesson and I absolutely loved it. And um, and after that year was over, my dad bought <laughs> my dad bought a $50 trombone from the pawn shop. 
and uh, and I, I joined band. And later through my high school years, I had made Allstate and I was sitting in the Allstate band and I was a little bit devastated because the I, I, there's three tiers to the Allstate band for those of you who understand how the Alabama Allstate band works. And I worked so hard and I wanted to I wanted to get into that top group, which is the red band. And it just so happens that I did not make it into the red band that year. I made it into the middle tier, which is called the white band. And, and to my credit, uh, the person who made the red band spot plays in a professional military band. So I'm going to hair toss and say, you know, I did a great job. But anyway, um, so I made the white band and it couldn't have been like it couldn't have worked out better for me. The person who was in charge of that band that year or the conductor of that band was uh, David Holsinger, who is one of our uh, very, very respected composers. And he had written all this fantastic music for uh, just in general, but he brought a lot of it to the honor band that year. And I just remember sitting in that room with 150 plus people that I'd never met before in my whole entire life. And we became so connected in that moment that I thought to myself, no, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I'm, I'm still, you know, engaged in how things work, but there was something about that moment and how the music really connected us and everybody was so invested in the product. And I thought to myself, yeah, yeah, this is what I want to do. So that's kind of, that, that was that moment that kind of made that shift for me from wanting to be a physician to uh, being a teacher. And I thought, you know, I love people, I love music and no better way to put those two things together than to become an educator. So that's how it happened. Recently, uh, Jarrell, you and I had the opportunity to, to get together for uh, a short video uh, to celebrate you being named our district's secondary teacher of the year. And one of the comments that you made that stood out to me was that when you were in school, um, the band room was one of the only places, maybe the only place in school where you really felt like you could be your true self, like you could let your guard down. I I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And then also how that feeling that you had translates into a typical day in your classroom. Uh, I recently, I just saw my high school band director again recently. Uh, my father passed away at the end of uh, January and my high school band director came to the wake and she came by and she was talking to me and my mom and it, and all the, that flood of memories just came back that that room and the people that were involved in that space and how she nurtured me through just understanding myself better but it came with that space to just be authentic to who I am and uh, and and like you said I just felt like that room and that space when I walked into that room every day uh, a lot of weight was lifted in, so to speak that I just felt like in that space I was just free to be who I am. And I think that during high school and even during middle school, I think every kid needs a place that they can walk into that space and they feel accepted and respected, not just by the teacher, but by their other peers in the room. And for some reason, the band room in most schools, and it's just, I don't know what it is about it, but in most schools, the band room is a place that draws a, a diverse population. Um, and and, and through music, people just feel a little bit more free to be themselves. Um, and, it, and it may have something to do with uh, the band room being a place for expression. So we express ourselves through our music. We express ourselves through our, through our uh, performance and the way we communicate about music and the way we have to be vulnerable to feel certain things in order to communicate or express ourselves through music. And, uh, and for those of you that really know me in person, you know that I'm a very passionate person. Um, I'm a very sensitive person, and that could be another reason why I felt drawn to the band room because all of those 
qualities I think go together. Um, I'm passionate about the Vestavia Hills High School band room being that place for kids because it was that for me. Uh, I think we all have an obligation, whether you are a teacher, a doctor, lawyer, whatever you choose to do for your life's work, I think we all have an obligation to give back to other people the things that were given to us. So since I feel so strongly that my band director, her name was Lisa Buck, since she gave that to me in West Blockton, I feel like anywhere I go, not just in Vestavia, but any other thing I'm a part of, um, I want to create an environment where everybody feels that they belong there. That's awesome, Jarrell. I was not um, expecting to cry <laughs> during this podcast. I knew I would laugh, but now you made me cry too. So. And that just really illustrates what an amazing impact a teacher can have on a child's life. And then how amazing that she came back um, to your father's wake so many years later. So what sure. an incredible story and how much she impacted you. And now you in turn are impacting so many other students. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, well, I've, I know that you helped form the United Sound chapter here at our high school. And I've been able to see some video footage of our students playing. I haven't actually seen them in person yet. And I hope to, to make that happen soon. But I would just really love to know how y'all came about forming that. And then some of the benefits that you've witnessed from forming that chapter. Um, I think I think the answer to this question actually can piggyback on on, um, you know, talking about how the band room was a space that I, I just felt drawn to and was comfortable in that space. So I'm very fortunate that I work with an organization called Music for All, and they have this really great camp in the summertime. It's called the Music for All Summer Symposium. And um, for many years, I volunteered there. Um, and then I moved into kind of a managerial role and I met uh, this lady named Julie Duty, who was a former middle school band director and her passion became um, exceptional students. And she noticed the trend in the country is that um, students with exceptionality, exceptionalities were being excluded from band experiences for a lot of different reasons. Um, one of the reasons being that band directors are busy people. You know, people say that all the time, you know, I think every teacher is busy. So I won't just, I, I won't just say that about band directors, but you know, teachers being very busy. Um, to be honest, a lot of times when we're taught in college, a lot of us don't get the experience with students with exceptionalities to know like those specific ways and strategies to just, you know, help them to, to um, you know, gain a, a greater knowledge of our subject matter, and she also realized that you know through our, through our band experience that um, I have a really great mentor friend. His name is Fran Kick, and he writes leadership books. And he says he gives this great story that um, there was this study. These scientists were um, um, or animal trainers were training a dolphin, and they trained this dolphin that every time he would hit this red ball, uh, they would feed him. And after they got him to a place where he was trained, they just put another dolphin in the tank and they didn't interact with the other dolphin. They let the first dolphin teach the second dolphin how to get fed. So his phrase is, 
dolphins speak to dolphins better than people do. So keeping that in mind, Julie says that students, students can speak to students better than teachers do. So she took all of that information, the lack of instruction that we get as teachers, the lack of space that there is for students with exceptionalities and understanding the power of mentorship. And she put all those three things together and she created the United Sound program. And it is a peer mentoring program that is teacher led by uh, the partnership between a band director and an exceptional ed teacher. So we come together, we train our current band students to be mentors to the United Sound students. Uh, we try to work at a ratio of like about three to one so that there are three band students to every one um, a United Sound band member. And we basically show them how to be many band directors, but we also play up the social role of what it's like to be in band. So it's another opportunity for those students to be known. They walk in the band room, we say their name, there's high five and there's a lot of encouragement that goes along. Um, you know, one of the best things about this is when we started this program, uh, we had a student that was nonverbal. You know, as a teacher, we do a lot of talking. I mean, I'm doing a lot of talking right now and it's, it's, it blows your mind to see how kids figured out how to communicate with this other student who was nonverbal in a way to start making some progress. And I watched these kids work all year long, almost a whole year to get one sound out of this one kid. And when it finally happened, you would have thought that heaven opened and this one ray of sunshine came down on that one little moment. And it was really great. I think the, the, most important part is this, is that yes, our world is full of people that are completely different. And we have to be very careful that we don't exclude people just because we don't understand and we haven't been taught ways to interact. And um, Miss Jennifer Greer, who, if you guys don't know who she is in this community, she has been a pillar in our school system, not just at the high school, but from Pazitza Liberty Park, I believe as well. And um, when I told her I wanted to do this, there was like no hesitation. First, there were tears. And then we kind of came together and we decided, yes, let's get it going. And we've just kind of been going ever since then. So um, the cool thing is it does happen during our school day. So we have a group of students who sign up for that class and we do other things during the week. And then on Fridays, the United Sound students come in and we, we make all kinds of sounds. Um, and uh, one of the things that Julie is adamant about is that the students in the United Sound group have what she would consider to be a standard band experience. So we test them on instruments just like they get tested here in our middle school. And then we choose which instrument they feel like they, they're kind of, you know, best, best suits them. They're acclimated to play. And then we start teaching them just like we would teach any other students. So uh, and a lot of times students with exceptionalities were kind of placed on percussion and kind of left in that world. But we we kind of cover the gambit from every wind instrument to whatever we can do. And it's, it's been a really great experience. I, I've enjoyed watching our students grow from learning how to interact with people who are different than they are. And it's also been awesome to see our United Sound students feel more incorporated into the culture of the school because they're doing things that they weren't previously able to do. That That is just such a, a heartwarming and encouraging story, um, not only to, to hear about those exceptional students who have this amazing opportunity uh, to get to be a part of uh, something uh, like the band program, but also to know that it's student-led in so many ways. And, and that sounds like one of a number of, of ways that you work to ensure that students are connected to others around them and to the world around them as a whole. 
Can you share with us a little bit about some of the other ways that that you work to connect students to the world? Uh, I'm very passionate about uh, students becoming a little bit more self-aware because I feel like when a student can know themselves, then they can be more aware of the gift that they are to share with the world. Um, We talk about, uh, we have this concept we talk about in band called Lego leadership, and I I was inspired. uh, If you've ever seen the Lego movie, it has inspired me. And so many, there's so many great um, leadership lessons in the Lego movie, and I talk about it quite often. And uh, one year I was inspired by the Lego movie uh, because I watched the movie, I got inspired. So I went to Walmart and I was standing in the Lego aisle and I saw this, this great Lego set, and it's called a creator set. And on the box, you see this one picture, and then there are three ti- there are two other tiny pictures, and it says three in one. And in that moment, looking at that box, I thought to myself, "Oh wow, this is great! This one box with the uh, it has uh, I'm looking at it right now. It has 64 pieces in it. I keep it on my desk, by the way. Uh, it has 64 pieces in it, and you can create three different things with the 64 pieces in that box. And it, to me, is a great image of what our society should be." is that every person has this unique uh, gift or talent. And when you take your unique gift or talent and you connect it with the people on the left and right of you, we all become better versions of ourselves. Let's be honest in and of ourselves, no one is perfect. But if I can connect myself to other people who do things better than I can, then I become a better version of myself. And I feel like that's the way the world should work. I feel like that's the way the band room works. I feel like that's the way everything should work. So we talk about what that thing is for you. Like if you are, uh, and I want you to be, I, I want I want to be uh, transparent in the fact that I'm not just talking about music. Yes, I teach band. That's one facet of what happens in a high school, but every high school teacher is charged with trying to help students become um, adults, like, like uh, high functioning adults when they leave this building. So this concept that I'm talking about is not just music-based because the unique gift or talent, it could just be encouragement. It could be organization. Um, I have some students who are not very extroverted. So, you know, encouraging them that introverted energy is not a bad thing. You know, a lot of introverted students may not speak very often, but when they do speak, the things that come out of their mouth are so impactful. But I feel like it's our goal to help students to understand that that is a unique gift or talent is nothing that should be diminished. So I think that's one way I try to help students learn how to connect with, with people in the world around them. Not that they should see everything as a hierarchy, but that they could, they should see uh, relationships as opportunities to make themselves better, not to consider themselves better than others, but how can I, through these relationships, become a better version of myself and, um, and, and unfortunately, I don't think we do enough talking in that area. Sometimes our talk moves more towards competition. There's always got to be a winner. There's always there always has to be a loser. But um, I know there are lots of adults listening to this podcast. And uh, as adults, we have to figure that out. We know that we can't um, uh, we can't run our households without help without another spouse or without a grandparent or without aunts and uncles or other friends that just you know, help us become better versions of ourselves. And I think it's important that we help our young people to figure that out now before they get out into the world, which conversely, I will say, also helps me to bring up the issue of failure. And this is something I'm also really passionate about. 
because I'm looking at this 64 piece three in one <laughs> creator set, not all of the pieces are exactly the same and they don't have to be the same. So if I look at myself in the mirror and I notice things about myself that aren't uh, what I consider to be like stellar, I take into consideration that there is something about me that's stellar and I can connect myself with somebody who may you know, be able to have things that I don't necessarily have and it makes me better. It doesn't mean that I'm terrible and I don't have to try to be something that I'm not. That's the point that I'm really trying to make. So if I happen to be the, the one little flat Lego piece with you know four pegs, I don't have to try to be a wheel. So if I try to put those places, uh, those pieces in places um, that are not created for them, the whole thing breaks down. Think about that in the context of our society. If I try to place myself in a position that I'm not acclimated to actually, you know, being my most efficient, then the whole thing breaks down. It affects more than just me. It affects everybody. So those are the things we talk about in the band room, um, because musically, that's how music works, too. You know, flutes have to work with clarinets and trombones have to work with trumpets and bass clarinets. And in marching band, you know, you got to think about people that are spinning and dancing and twirling and, uh, and, and, you know, playing beats. It's, it's a lot of Lego pieces, but I hope that makes sense. Yes, that definitely makes sense. And I love that idea. I think I'm glad you even addressed adults because I know what you're trying to do is, you know, help really convey this idea to young people. So they carry it into their adult lives. And I think, you know, we as adults need to hear this as well. So I think that's a great concept. I think you should go all over the world sharing this idea. <laughs> I do, I do, you know, say from time to time to all of my students that um, I know that they're not all going to be professional musicians. I know, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably just spit out your beverage because yes, I'm the band director, but, you know, over the course of the time that I teach, a small percentage, you know, probably less than 10% will go away and be professional musicians. But I started to ask myself a few years ago, how many of them will go away and be professional people? Over the course of time that I teach, that percentage should be a triple digit number. It should be 100% of them should be professional people. So honestly, I'm trying to use music as a means to teach lots of skills and not just how to tune chords and play articulations correctly, but it's a lot about how, you know, just studying an instrument can be a metaphor for what you have to do for the rest of your life. Cause that's important. That's what, that's what students want to take away from the band room. Not all of them want to take the persecuted symphony out of this room. A lot of them just want to take some good life skills and I'm okay with that. Well, you're just such a, an amazing leader of, of our young people and, um, it's it's such a privilege to get to see that, to get to witness it in the band room, um, and and then of course to see what what your students go on to achieve um, as musicians, as you said, for some of them, but but for hopefully all of them in life. And uh, so much of of how our students turned out, I think, is is owed to the foundation that you're laying for them in the band room at Vestavia Hills High School. One thing that uh, I have to ask about before we get out of here is one of the other things that that uh, uh, some people may not know about you, Jarrell, is that you are an incredible cake baker and decorator. Um, and uh, I, I've had the opportunity to, to see some of your creations. Brooke, I know you have too. They are incredible. Um, just, just world-class, uh, obviously too, they look too good to eat. Um, and, and I would love to know, um, just where that comes from. And then you also have, have shared with us before that you can relate that to 
music creation and a lot of what you do in the classroom. So I'd just love to hear a little bit of the story behind that. You know, I giggle. I want to go back to something you said at the beginning of this. Um, I have to say that I'm a Lego piece in this wonderful puzzle that is Vestavia Hills High School. Uh, that is Vestavia Hills City School. So by the time they get to me, they've got they've picked up on some really great skills. So I partner with parents and the rest of the teachers in this community um, to just do what I feel like I've just been really called to do. So I appreciate the accolades, but there's a lot of help that goes into that. Um, you know, the cake thing is uh, something that has has really blossomed it, really through the pandemic. I would always bake with my mom. My mom is a fantastic cook. I mean, if you've ever seen my body, you know that I haven't missed a meal um, because my mother did a really great job of, you know, bringing me up in the good Southern way with lots of good, you know, Southern vegetables that were full of flavor. And she was a really great baker. And, and growing up during Christmas time, she would like, you know, just bake cakes for people. And I would always be in the kitchen with her. So I kind of developed my passion for baking. Um, many of you know my wonderful wife, Monica Horton, who teaches at Pazit's um, Middle School. When she and I first got married, uh, many of you may not know this, but my wife's first degree is in interior design. So my, my wife has a great uh, eye for art and design and things like that. So when we first got married, we actually talked about maybe someday starting a little side company where I would make cakes and she would plan parties. All of my all of my babies, minus the newest one, Lula Grace, she was born in August. But all my other babies and my wife, all their birthdays are either in um, April or May. So we needed birthday cakes during the pandemic. And I was like, well, this is a per perfect time to start making cakes. So I started making cakes and people like them. And it's kind of turned into what, what you said today. I will say, I do feel like the process of cake making is a lot like the process of being a good musician. Uh, I like to say that music and athletics and a couple other things in the school are those few things that aren't touched by technology in the way that things can be done for you. Uh, technology can help. I can use a timer. I can look recipes up on the internet, things like that. But when it comes to actually baking a cake, I have to actually do that physically. And in order to play an instrument or to be a great athlete, th those are things that you physically have to take time doing. So the whole process of making a cake, it feels a lot like the process of uh, becoming a musician, um, and especially baking, because baking is a science. Like that, you can't cut any corners. You can't just throw in a dash of this and that. Like everything has to be measured, and everything has to be um, like highly considered before you go into it. But the better you get at it, then you can start adding in these expressive nuances. That you can play with flavor. You can play with texture. You can do all those things. But you have to be a really solid baker first. So in order to be a really great musician, you have to understand good musical skills first. So any great jazz musician that you that you hear, they were probably really just great musicians before they started bending all the rules to, to do what, it, what you have to do to be a great jazz uh, player. So I think baking kind of falls into that same category. And I get the opportunity to be really creative in another way with my mind, uh, because as a musician, you know, being creative musically is is one way to be creative. But when you start making other things with your hands, it's just another way to to kind of fuel your creative energy. Um, because I think my music has been impacted also by just doing something else creatively with my hands. That that's um, pretty cool. 
that, I mean, obviously you're a man of many talents. So I'm sure people have learned so much more about you today than they already knew because they know you are an amazing music educator, father. Now they know you can bake cakes as well. So <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today, Jarrell. It has been entertaining and so interesting and even more exciting than I knew it would be. So thank you for taking time and sharing with our listeners today. And thank you guys for having me. And I, and I must say, whenever um, when that announcement came that I would represent the high school as the um, teacher of the year, I, I had I, I sent an email to the whole faculty to say that I'm in the presence of really great teachers. And even during this time, this pandemic, it seems it, it almost seems wrong that we like highlight people because I think every teacher in Vestavia Hills has rolled their sleeves up to say let's just do our best during this whole time. So I'm, I'm very humbled by the fact that, um, that this was the year <laughs> that my name was on the ballot, but uh, I wish I could have done more, you know, for the students. And I, I, I don't feel like I deserve it, but I do appreciate it anyway. You're very deserving, but that's another reason why, because you're so humble. So, and what you said about all of our teachers is absolutely so true. Amen. Good people. Good people across the board. That That's right. Well, thank you again for being with us. And hopefully um, we've given our listeners something, something to learn, help them learn a little bit more about you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, today was fun. This was fun. I appreciate it.